Entitled coworker tries to take credit for my research, but I end up making him look stupid in front of the boss. I work in a fairly prestigious biology lab on the East Coast, where we study various pathogens. I was trying to isolate a certain bacteria from samples containing a wide array of species in order to infect mice with the strain under various conditions. While doing research to see if there were mediums that were selective for the target bacteria, or if there were any antibiotics that my target was resistant against that would kill anything else, I ended up with various ways to isolate the bacteria, using a process I thought of myself to test the efficiency of each isolation method. Before starting my experiment, I ran it by my coworker who is a seasoned immunologist of 10 years. Let's call him Dan, who trained me in working with bacteria when I started the job. I'll probably rant about Dan in another post. He thinks my idea is great and gives it the green light. And for the next two months, I'm running the experiments, calling biotech slash pharma companies for quotes on their products that I'm using to isolate the bacteria and end up with a big spreadsheet that contains both the efficiency and the cost slash benefit analysis of all the methods I came up with or found. I show my results to Dan and he's ecstatic. Although he mentions that it's likely going to be a while before we use the data and make a decision on the isolation method due to us waiting on samples to come in. I send the spreadsheet along to my PI, head scientist at the lab, anyways, and shift my time to other projects I'm working on. Another couple months go by and after not hearing anything from Dan about my patient samples, another coworker comes up to me and asks where I can find a set of certain plates to isolate the target bacteria from. I'm confused and ask him why he's looking for those because based on my experiments the plates he wanted were the least effective and most expensive way to select the bacteria we were looking for not to mention that I had no idea that we had ordered any more than the 10 plates that I used to run my experiment he argued with me and said that Dan's research said otherwise that confused me even more and when I asked him to show me what he was talking about, he proceeded to show me my own spreadsheet where he quickly realized that he had been misled and said that Dan must have made an error in the spreadsheet. I told him that I was the one that ran the experiments and got the results. And if Dan ordered the bad plates, then he must have just wasted the lab's money. The other coworker said I probably told Dan to order the wrong plates. But when I said I had no idea plates were being ordered at all, all he could say was, oh, that's weird. Sure enough, later that day, I look inside our cold room and see several boxes, roughly $5,500 worth of expensive, inefficient plates. And I confront Dan about it. I asked Dan why he ordered so many plates and if he had been telling other people that he had done the experiments. He laughs a little before asking if I had even read the spreadsheet that I made and states that the plates he ordered were the best based on my criteria and that because he taught me how to work with bacteria, I was piggybacking off his his methods and him validating my experiments before running was tantamount to him doing the work. He told me not to worry about it anymore and that he would be presenting the data to the PI because he had already prepared a slideshow and everything for it. I wanted to open up the spreadsheet and tell him that he had just wasted a lot of money, but he was so condescending and sure of himself about having ownership over my work that all I said was, okay, before returning to my bench. Later that week, we have our lab meeting where Dan is presenting his work to the whole lab and states that we can finally move ahead with isolating the target bacteria from the patient samples. 
Sure enough, my spreadsheet is on the TV used as a projector, and my PI asked when we could expect the materials used in the most efficient isolation method to arrive. Dan corrects the PI, stating that the bad plates were the best and very proudly stated that the plates had already arrived. I then interjected, very bluntly saying that the plates that he ordered would recover over 90% less of the bacteria than the method my PI had picked from the spreadsheet. Dan fell silent, face going shades of red before he stumbled through a justification of ordering the bad plates. How in the long run he'd save some money by not ordering the materials needed to do the method the PI wanted, only for my PI to chime in stating it was absolutely worth it if it meant the tenfold increase in recovery, and that we shouldn't be wasting samples, time, and money on bad plates. Dan very quickly blurted out that it was my spreadsheet and that there must have been a miscommunication between us before ordering the plates before he quickly sat down. And all I said was that I was not told by anyone that anything off my spreadsheet was being ordered. My PI asked Dan if he submitted the data to me before I sent it to him. And Dan sheepishly admitted that I was the one that ran the experiments and compiled everything. So he must have misread my data and ordered the wrong materials. And I was about to suggest that I possibly misspoke when showing him my data the first time before my PI cut him off to move on to the next lab topic. The rest of the meeting he was red, glaring at me out of the corner of his eye. After the lab meeting, Dan pulled me aside and asked me why I didn't tell him that he ordered the bad plates. I told him that since it was his research, he should have known what method gave the best results since he would have calculated the yield of each method when doing the experiments, and that if he wanted my input, he should have told me before he ordered them. I went to the PI and cleared up the confusion, putting in the right order for the materials that needed best to isolate the target bacteria from our samples, and making sure that he knew that I had no idea that my data was being acted upon in case Dan went behind my back somehow to throw me under the bus. Needless to say, we communicated far less after this whole ordeal, and I quickly found other people in the lab to work with. I later found out that he had been taking credit for all of my work I had ever did while I was at the lab. And while it was frustrating for me to still have to tell people every now and then that I made the figures or I did the experiments that Dan told them about, when my data comes up, more people have started to discuss their projects with me and ask for my help since Dan was exposed. And I find solace in my memory of his red, twisted face looking like it was about to explode in front of everyone, barely able to speak out a word to cover his butt. But let me know, am I the jerk? I love when people try to take credit for other people's work and then fall flat on their face. I can see how this might happen in other industries that you can BS your way through in a meeting, but stealing something like lab work? That's crazy. I would think you would need a lot of knowledge to pull off a heist like that, but I guess that didn't stop Dan from trying here. But I feel for the OP when they mentioned that Dan had been taking credit for all of their work and often had to speak up to let people know that they were the one that truly did the research. I felt like that on creative projects before where I put in a whole bunch of work only to be overshadowed by someone who put in less. Also, I will say that it's nice when someone in a position of power actually notices the work you've put in. One time during my high school film class, my teacher noticed that I was staying after school every day to work on a project that I wasn't even the director for. So when it came time to do the final reviews in front of the whole crew of the short film, my teacher went into the credits and added my name as co-director because of the amount of work I was putting into the project after hours. Sometimes it's the little things that matter most. Am I the jerk because I think the truck driver I work with might have a negative IQ? So I work in a Canadian grocery store chain. I've been working there for quite a while as I got the job at the age of 14, and I'm currently 18. Because of this, I started to pick up some extra responsibility. 
responsibilities. One of these responsibilities is to receive what we call rush orders. I don't know if they go by different names or if every place does them since I don't know grocery stores outside of my area. In case this isn't a common thing, a rush order is an extra order that we get from a third party supplier that will come on the same day rather than coming in advance. We have two companies that we get rush orders from. Company A has had some issues sometimes, but nothing unusual about the attitude of their truck drivers. But Company B often comes with truck drivers that are really impatient and have intelligence so questionable that I don't know how they passed any type of interview. This is just usual grocery store stuff though. Some truck drivers are good, some are bad, one company is worse, but oh well. That was until today when I had a truck driver that screwed up so many times that it made my night by watching him get screwed over by his own stupidity. It was a usual day. I came in, my director told me that we had two rush orders that were coming in about the same size and with similar items as yesterday's rush orders. I was a little annoyed because my direct manager overuses rush orders and gets way too much stuff on them, which then throws me off as I have to work it, but once again, oh well. Company A comes by around the same time as the day before and goes by completely fine with no issues. Company B comes by a little later than the day before and I don't really care since it's how trucks tend to operate. However, there was a little slight issue because another department was currently unloading one of their trucks. Trucks coming in at the same time often happens and I asked the manager of that department, also the only manager in at the time, so I will be referring to him as my manager for simplicity. How long he will be unloading his truck because I still have a 15 minute break that I wanna take before I unload my truck. My manager tells me that he estimates it'll be 20 minutes and that if he finishes early, he will just unload my truck for me and I can get it when I'm done. So I take my break. However, I should mention that before I took my break, the driver of company B asked if he could borrow our pump jack. I've also heard that it's called a pallet jack because his truck door is broken and isn't opening. In hindsight, I shouldn't have let him use it or I should have gone with him to use it. But at the time, I didn't care and I didn't think anything of it. About five minutes into my break, the driver comes back with our pump jack, but there's an issue with it. His door is still broken and now our pump jack is too. One side of the pump jack is permanently lifted and barely fits inside of the skid, making the jack pretty much useless. After seeing this, I realize he's one of those drivers and I pause the timer I have for my break to go get the story on what's going on. I have to go with the driver to look at his truck and how the door doesn't work. And I don't know why he thought a pump jack would work, but it didn't. And I gave him a time that he would need to be back by for me to have time to manage it. The driver leaves and I go to give an update to my manager. My manager is pissed at the driver and tells me that if he comes back to get his name. I finish my break and I work along as normal till an hour or so later when the driver comes back. As I hear the beeping of the truck backing up, I know that this is going to be good. While I wouldn't mind getting the name myself, I thought it might be better for me to make sure that everything is done right, so I let my manager know that he is back, and we go to receive the truck. My manager starts questioning the driver and is trying to get him to write down his name and company, which the driver is playing dumb about breaking our jack, until my manager says to write it down or he will have to call their company dispatch, and he's only asking since it makes both of their lives easier, so the driver writes it down. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. 
Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We start prepping to receive, and luckily, for some random reason, the driver has his own pump jack in the truck. And since my manager has his own job to do, he leaves me to do the unloading. Of course, our single skid of supplies was at the back of the truck, blocked off by several other skids. Normally, I would be annoyed, but at this point, I'm in no rush to get things done, and this is really funny to watch, so I'm actually kind of glad that I got to see more. Cue a montage of me trying to unload the truck, and the truck driver constantly getting in the way and wasting time. Multiple times, I had to explain that I have to do things a little differently than he wants, and he would give me a look that I didn't know what I was doing. He would try to do it himself and proceed to try only to realize I was right. Even with my little experience and slight struggles with driving a jack, I probably could have unloaded that truck in half the time. And if he wants to treat me like I don't know what I'm doing, then I'll absolutely take the free show and watch the truck unloading equivalent of fitting a square peg into a round hole. After a decently long process, I'm finally able to get the truck properly unloaded. I start cleaning up the area and go through the mental checklist of everything I need to do before the driver leaves. As I'm doing this, the driver gets back in his truck and is about to leave. I realize he never signed or got a store copy of the invoice for our order. I turn to my manager just beside me and ask, did you sign the invoice? He had not. This means that the proof of purchase does not exist, meaning we could just say that we didn't receive your order and they would have no way of forcing our company to pay. I highly doubt we would do this though, since it would cause more work on our end and it would burn a bridge that we don't need to burn. But the idea of the driver realizing that he forgot what is one of the most important parts of his job makes me laugh inside. And I do hope that whoever calls them about our jack gives them a little scare about it. But once again, I don't think that'll come about. The final icing on top, however, is my manager is annoyed at the attitude he showed. So before the driver left, he fully closed the back door of the truck. 
I hope that driver liked the trip to the mechanic to get his door open because he's likely going to need to do it again. After the driver left, it was pretty uneventful. I made a custom invoice to record everything that came in, I worked through the rush order, and I made sure to let my coworkers know about this ridiculous story, including a less summarized version to my direct manager to keep him in the know-how. But let me know, am I the jerk? When I worked retail, I didn't really do much unloading from trucks, but I can relate to having to deal with people who just got in the way and made your job harder than it needed to be. I'll never understand people that think they know better than people whose job it is to do a certain task. I asked for a serious offer at my job and I actually got one elsewhere. This happened about five years ago. I was working in an early stage startup as a software developer. The former developer quit before I entered and I was his replacement. One part of the offer was becoming a partner with some shares of the company at one point. I showed a lot of initiative, always giving new ideas and trying to improve things. One important detail is that my only boss at the time was the CEO. After around four months, they hired a guy who was friends of the founder of the company. And he had pretty good references since he worked before in one of the biggest companies of the country. So this guy started being my boss and his background is from another field. So he didn't know anything about the technology, software or language we used, etc. Anyways, I instantly noticed his presence since before him, the office was pretty quiet and after this guy came in, he started making phone calls all of the time and talking with the CEO in front of everybody. Our office was only one room, so it was pretty hard to ignore. Before this, I was always overworking, arriving at the office around 9 a.m. and working until 8 p.m. or so, simply because I loved the project. But after I noticed how loud the presence of Mr. New Boss was, I started going pretty early in the morning so I could work at least from 7.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. until Mr. Boss came in. The best part about this was I was leaving around 5 p.m. He was shocked because this was the first days that he saw my new schedule. Since he got in charge, everything was top priority. We had a few meetings where I explained my point of view about this, but it didn't change much. For you to understand the kind of changes he was doing, here's an example. We had the typical to-do list with three statuses. To-do, doing, done. He changed this to a to-do and done only because this would save time. So I didn't know what the mobile developer was working on and if he needed something from my side right away looking at the to-do list. I had to manually ask him and also update him when I needed something done on my side. Well, after a few months of Mr. New Boss being on board, I decided I needed to be a partner or I'm gonna leave the company. I explained the situation to the CEO and to Mr. New Boss and said that I did a lot of things during this time, they loved my work, so I needed to be a partner as well, as that was something that they offered at the beginning of my contract. The CEO told me, we will get back to you with an offer. Mr. New Boss nods. In the meantime, I was setting up some interviews with other companies in another country and I received an offer that was three times my current salary. CEO and Mr. New Boss called me in after a few days to have a chat. Mr. New Boss showed me some papers with some vague information and then started talking about how important it is to be a partner. It's not a nine to five job, making a reference at my new schedule that I changed since he entered. And then he started a lot of BS about compromise and no weekends and no paid extra hours and so on. He finished his speech and the CEO didn't have a single word. Mr. New Boss asked me what I think about that. So I answered, mm, I think I was waiting for an offer with numbers and I don't see any. Then Mr. Newboss said, well, before that happening, we need to see that you're actually willing to work, like I mentioned before, staying later than 5 p.m., for example. I'm not, and I'm giving you my two weeks notice right now. I already have an offer waiting for me in another country. Yeah, sure, no worries, I understand. 
The CEO said nothing. I came back to the office and told the new company that I would take the job, and in two weeks I'll be moving there. The next day, Mr. Newboss asked to talk to me and he offered me a 10% raise. I told him, no thanks, I already took the other job. Two days after that, same story. He told me that he thinks he can get me a 30% raise. I laughed unintentionally because he was really trying to convince me. And I said, uh, no thanks man, and don't keep trying because it's useless. Okay, sure. So, let me ask you something if you don't mind. Sure, boss. How much did they offer you? Without even finishing, I answered, 300%. Okay, nice. He stopped trying to convince me after this talk. I still had one more week at the company, so on the last day, the founder appears. He was above the CEO, by the way. He called me in for a chat, and he went straight to the point. Can I offer you anything for you to stay? Not now. I'm actually traveling tomorrow. Okay, I'm sad that things went this way. If any time you want to come back, talk to me directly. I can help you with relocation, flight tickets, whatever you need. Doors always open. Thanks, I appreciate that. So I start working at the new company and I still help out the old one in transition a few hours a week. Paid, of course. They hired a new guy that needed some help. The new guy needs some help installing the language we use. Hmm, let me see if I can understand this. The new guy is a language we use developer and he needs help installing the language we use? Is that correct? Mm, yes. Interesting. Yeah, I can help with that, boss. So I helped this new guy with a few things and after a few days I completely finished my collaboration with them and focused 100% in the new company. A few months later I found out that Mr. New Boss quits. Two months after that the mobile developer quits, the new guy that just got hired quits, and ultimately the CEO quits. So it's safe to say that I made the right choice. But let me know, am I the jerk? I'm curious on who would be to blame for the downfall here, the CEO or the founder? I feel like the problem in this whole situation was the CEO hiring his friend to a management position and then his friend having an issue with the dude that was actually doing all the work. The worst part of this whole thing is Mr. Newboss probably doesn't even think that he was part of the problem. People in those positions often don't. I'm not sure if this business is still up and running, but they sure did lose a lot of people. So signs point to no. It's crazy how one person can be so important to the success of a company. So if you're a manager, maybe treat your people better. That's it for today's video. If you wanna make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you wanna finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the cream of the crop music by searching cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.